Amen. He's thinking he's, he's been saved just about as long as I've been alive. <laughs> but I also thought about this. What would, what would possess someone to trust Jesus that long ago and still be faithful That's serving right. him? And uh, like many of you have, because uh, it's real. It's e you know, when things are not real to you, it's easy to quit, right? When, he's, when it's real, I mean, if, you, if we believe what we say we believe, it makes it more difficult to quit, doesn't it? I appreciate the good song. While he was singing that song, I thought, you know, as we get older, there are more of our friends and family that are on the other side. And I've heard people say things and, um, in grief, uh, you know, that uh, really you kind of scratch your head at. And I, I would never uh, embarrass someone or correct them. But I, I remember a friend of mine, his um, mother died. And he said, well, I'll be honest with you. He said, uh, if mom wasn't in heaven, it would, just wouldn't be heaven to me. And I said, you better be careful of that. Right. I said, because it's heaven, because Jesus is there. If nobody else makes it there, he's still, it's still heaven because he's there. Now, I'm glad, praise God, we're going to see some friends and family. Uh, I don't, many of you may have heard our, our friend, Brother uh, David Maynard, passed away. He's in heaven and uh, others that we know, and I can't wait to see them. But as he just sang, uh, it, Jesus will be the star of that show. I mean, it'll be all about him. So good to see you tonight. I want you to turn to James chapter 1. And we want to begin in verse number 13. Last week we talked a little bit about trials, that we all face trials. And again, the, the book of James is interesting because it is a book of doing, right? And uh, we know that James says uh, that, uh, that uh, you, a man says he has faith. He said, I'll show you my faith by my works, right? And, and that's really what we believe affects our behavior. And that's really the theme of the book. But... Before we get there, we have to understand that when we serve God in any capacity, there are going to be trials that we go through, right? And so a lot of them, let's be honest, some of the trials and uh, temptations we deal with are not uh, because God gave them to us or God caused them. A lot of them is because of us. And verse 13 said, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil neither tempteth he any man. And so it looks to me like he's differentiating between a trial and temptation. So people say, well, you know, if uh, I'm tempted with this and God put it in front of me, no. Uh, is, uh, you ever heard somebody say this, someone who has had a problem with alcohol and, and they'll go in a place and they'll order alcohol and put it before them and say, well, I, I want to prove to myself that I'm strong enough not to take that drink. Well, that's the way a lot of people feel about the Lord, that he's putting things in front of you to see whether or not you're strong enough to resist them. And he said, no, he's not doing that, right? He wants us to flee from evil. And so in verse 14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. So he said, it's not that God's tempting you. You're tempted when you're drawn away from that fellowship with God uh, unto our own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. 
Boy, I, I, I wish we would understand that, right? I, I wish people that name the name of Christ would understand that. They'd say, well, sinners, I wish they understood that. I wish God's people understood that. Because if we understood that the, the end result of sin is death, you'd flee from it, right? I, I mean, I'd say I don't think anybody in here, as uh, far as I know, has a problem uh, with uh, drugs, right? I mean, uh, people years ago when crack cocaine was popular, they'd say, well, you know, it, it, it was killing all these people. And, and uh, of course, heroin, they say, well, if you take it one time, you're addicted to it. Well, if, And you say, well, people ought to know better. Well, if they really knew, they may have heard it, but if they knew that it would cause such damage, you would think they'd say, well, I don't want anything to do with that. Well, the problem is God tells us sin's the same way, yet God's people seem to be drawn to it. And, and so, verse 16, he says this, Do not err, my beloved brethren. So he says all that, and then verse 16, he says, Listen, don't, don't, don't live and don't believe error, because the devil will try to tempt you with error and say, Listen, it, how many of you have said this, and, and uh, you don't have to raise your hand, but... Uh, you knew the consequence of sin, but because you got away with it, right, quote, unquote, and God didn't automatically strike you dead, you thought, well, I'm getting away with it. Now, uh, Brother Johnny, Brother Shane may have a problem with it, but, but I, I'm, I'm getting, you ever thought it might have been the long-suffering of God? And so we know that temptation or trials are not only common uh, of different types, but also have different types. So no one in here is immune. Now you're going to be you're going to go through trials. You're going to face temptations. And so we should not be overcome or overtaken by these things. Well, if you know something's coming, right? If and here's the thing, Jesus even talked about this in his coming back. He said you you should you should not uh, be overcome. In other words, you, you should not be overtaken with it. You should know it's coming. Now, not the hour, not the day, but he, he tells us that we're not, uh, uh, we're children of the light, so therefore we should be aware that his coming could be any time. It should not overtake us, right? But it's amazing, I'm, I'm sure when the Lord comes back, Many that say they uh, know the Lord Jesus as their Savior are going to be surprised, right? They'll say, well, I, I thought it'd be later. I thought I had more time. Well, everybody thinks they have more time. Uh, very few people that die at an, un, an untimely death, if you were to ask them, well, did you think you were going to die? Well, no, I thought I had more time, right? right? Sure. So we have to be understand that every one of us are going to go through trials in life, and all of us are going to have temptations, and so if we're going to serve God for any period of time, we've got to understand those things are going to come. And the reason we need to understand that is when they come, we're not overtaken. We don't think that we're by ourselves. We don't, we don't let that affect our walk with God to the point we quit on God. And so we should prepare for them, right? We should prepare. For, but here's the thing. We don't like to prepare for anything. I mean, and think about this. I, I've used this illustration before. What day every year does Christmas come on? December 25th. Am I right? Or the date. I better not say dates. No, it's December 25th. Yet how many of us when it gets here, right? I mean, if you look from, from uh, Christmas until uh, probably months on into the next year, People are having to pay off credit card debts. Well, I, I just, it, it caught me by surprise. Why? It's the same time every year. 
it catches us by surprise because we're not prepared for it, right? Tax time, tax season. When do you got to turn your taxes in by? April 15th, right? And April 15th gets here. It just caught me by surprise. Listen, it may catch you by surprise, but it don't catch the IRS by surprise. So we have to understand that God is preparing us for the things to come, and if we're not prepared, it's on us, not him. And so we must learn to trust God and persevere through trials and temptations. So how do we detect these things early? Right, if you can detect it early, as you get older, uh, fellas and ladies, as you get older, they say, listen, you need to, you need to have the colonoscopy done. Why? Because they say, well, if we can catch you know, colon cancer early enough, we can treat it. Okay, right? Well, then if you they tell you that, and then you have later on have colon cancer, and you never had them uh, checked for it, and then they say, "Well, I didn't know. I didn't know it could happen." Right? Well, they tell you. They make sure, well, part partly because they want their money. Right? Let's just be honest. So he's telling us that there's trials and temptations coming in your life. Again, I don't understand this, brother Johnny. If we know that's coming. Why do we not spend more time in the Word of God, more time in prayer, more time around God's people, right? We know, we know this, that we either are or soon will become like the people we hang around. Can we agree with that? So if we know that, why do we not hang around God's people more? Well, I can be a good Christian, not come to church. No, you can be a Christian maybe, but you ain't going to be a good Christian because Hebrews... 10, 25, is it not? Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. Well, you can't be a good Christian not come to church, right? You need God's people. We need each other. So he's giving us the resources to help us combat these things that are coming in our life, yet we, when they overtake us, we'll say, I didn't, I didn't know they were coming. Well, he's telling us in his word, they're coming, right? And James tells us they're coming, right? He's telling that early church, here's what's coming. So what are... How can we know, how can we detect them early? Well, number one, he deals in verse 13 to 15 with the source of temptation. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. Now, can can that be any more clear? I mean, it's plain English. You you don't even have to understand uh, the king's English to understand that It's very clear that the Bible said, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Exactly, it's clear. But then God's people, when they're tempted, say, well, I don't know why God let let this happen to me. Well, maybe you're outside that hedge of protection. Maybe you you put yourself in that position, right? I I mean, if Joseph... In the Old Testament, would have would have fallen to sin with Potiphar's wife. He couldn't blame God, and we we blame God for it. I don't know why God let this happen to me. I've been going to church my whole life. Okay, so he's saying, "Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God." For God cannot be tempted with evil. Cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. So there it is. He's saying, let, no, you can't say it because in the last part of the verse said, neither tempteth he any man. He just doesn't do it. Well, God's as good as his word, right? He, if God is not as good as his word, then if we can't believe that verse, we can't believe any of it. So we have to understand the source of temptation. In verse 13, it tells us what we must realize. 
listen to me. Sin is serious business. Now, we don't hear much about it anymore. Used to growing up, and probably some of you older than me, man, they, they'd preach on sin all the time. Why? Because they were warning people the consequence of sin. But now, if you don't spend about 90% of your preaching time encouraging people about the storms of life and how, uh, listen, begging them to come to church and being a cheerleader 90% of the time so they don't quit, they say, well, that's just not encouraging, right? Well, the thing is, it's because we don't believe the seriousness of sin anymore. Why? Because everything glorifies it. The world glorifies it. Uh, social media glorifies it. The media glorifies it. Hollywood glorifies And now the church is glorifying it. Listen, sin's serious. The wages of sin is death. And so James is telling us the seriousness of it that the fact is when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. Yet, you know what we do? Yep, that for somebody else, but not for me. Well, let me ask you this. Why are you special? Why am I special? Right? We're not. So sin is sin. We're not to blame God for our bad behavior. Now, here's what I want to say. You say, well, I just don't understand why God let this happen to me. I'm trying to serve God. Well, are you perfect? Do you sin? You ever had, you ever had a bad thought? You ever said something you shouldn't? You ever lied? You ever stolen anything? You ever hated anybody? You ever had any bitterness in your heart? Envy? Covet? Right? Greedy? Am I, huh? Then don't tell me how can God let this happen. It's more the grace of God miracle that he doesn't let it happen more. With me? See, we, we think of ourselves so highly sometimes that, well, I'm just, I'm this good Christian. We're, listen, if, if we would see ourselves for who we really are. When we got up in the morning, we wouldn't expect God to do one thing good for us. And we'd understand that everything God does is... If he doesn't allow us to die in our sins to go to hell, it's the grace of God. If he doesn't allow us to, uh, uh, to, uh, to die a, a just an awful death, it's the grace of God. When, when you sin and God doesn't kill you dead right then, it's the grace of God. Right? I mean, that... And so you know what happens? Here's what Christians, the church, we, we have this aura about us like, well, we're better than everybody else because we don't do these old, these hideous things. I mean, you look at all this transgender stuff and all this homosexual stuff and how wicked that is. Listen to me. Your sin is just as nasty in the sight of God. Mine is too. Don't, listen, I know. You look at me, oh, I don't agree with that. Well, you tell me what sin of yours hung Jesus on the cross. He died for your sins too, right? So yours must have been pretty putrid for him to have to die on the cross of Calvary. So we're not to blame God for our bad behavior. When you do something dumb and you sin and there's consequences, don't you get on your face before God and say, God, how could you let this happen to me? I read my Bible and I pray and I went to church. He let it happen because that's the consequence of sin. But since we don't preach about it and talk about it and we don't condemn sin anymore, it's like, well, the grace of God. This radical grace mindset is God just going to let us do anything we want to and live any way we want to and there's no consequence to it. And the thing is, here's why. Because a lot of parents uh, treat their kids that way. 
They're mean as a junkyard dog. You've never whipped them. They mouth off of you and you never hit them in the mouth. Amen. And so they grow up thinking there's no consequence for anything they do. They get thrown in jail because they, they've uh, run, killed somebody. And you, well, that's not their fault. It is their fault. They get kicked out of school for something. You blame the teacher. Miss Emily, I finally she's reading her. Amen, preacher, preach on, right? Not my little angel. You do realize that demons are fallen angels, don't you? So kids grow up and become adults, and then they have this give me mentality, and they, they look up to God and they say, okay, God, I'm your child, and you need to treat me like my parents treated me, and so therefore everything I ever wanted, they got me, and if you don't give it to me, you're not a good God, and I can do, listen, I talked to my mama this way, and she didn't do anything. I, I treated my daddy this way, and he didn't do anything, so now it's your turn. Then God allows stuff to happen in your life. You say, oh, God, why would you let this happen? I thought you were my heavenly father. So you know what we had to do, Brother Matt? We had to come up with a whole nother doctrine to keep people in church. And so we got this, Brother Foy, we came up with this radical grace. Oh, God knows you're a sinner and he doesn't care. He's just going to keep blessing you. You read your Bible, God's blessings are attached to conditions. So what we've done, society has invented all kinds of ways of shifting blame. It's your mama's fault. It's the world's fault. It's, it's society's fault. It's, no, well, 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 no, my sin is my fault. Right. Your sin is your fault. Right. It's the church's fault. Amen. I was talking yeah. to a preacher yesterday, and he was trying to, this, they got some new movie out about the independent Baptists and some corruption and all this stuff that went on. And he was like, can you believe that? I said, absolutely I can. But it happened in the Pentecostal church and the Catholic church and the Methodist church and the, uh, listen, and the uh, contemporary church. It's happening everywhere. That's right. You're right. But you got, a lot, you got some folks that are, well, I just want to prove because I left the independent Baptist movement. And I want to prove that I'm justified in it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you some of the wickedness that happened. I'll guarantee you it happened. Because we're men and women. We're sinners. Yeah. Right? But we're, we blame our bad behavior on, well, the, the church, the preacher, my mom and daddy, the school, right, society, the world. But we won't look in the mirror and say, you're the problem. So you know what we don't, we, what we don't think we have to do? Get on the altar and repent. We don't think we've got to get before God and repent. Why? Because if I can blame somebody else, I don't have to take responsibility. So, so. We've invented all these reasons why everything's okay. Now look the mess we're in, right? Look the mess we're in. Not just in the world, in the church. So God refuses to allow us to get away with sin. Temptation never arises from God. Testing comes from Him, but temptations do not. God hates sin and will not, not test us with sin. Right? That's like a parent say, well, you know what, I want to I take my kid and I want to yeah. see if, they, if, they, if they'll drink beer. Yeah. So I'm going to go buy a beer, and I don't agree with it, but I'm going to go buy a beer and I'm going to put it in front of them and say, you wouldn't do that. That is foolish. If you're that kind of parent, you need some psychological help. Amen. Well, then if we won't do it, why would God do it? 
He's righteous, right? He wants us to stay away from the stuff. He's not putting it out there to test us and let me see, Miss Bonnie, I'm going to put us and see if you'll do it. See how much you love me. He's encouraging us to love him. The devil's the one putting the temptation in front of you to get you away from God, right? So we gotta, we've got to identify where the temptation comes from it wasn't, it wasn't the heavenly father that tempted Jesus in the wilderness. It was Satan tempting him to try to get him to, to fall. So what we realize and then what we must recognize in verse 14, 15 said, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. So here's what he's saying. I, I, now I read this, and so I'm not. This is not my original thought, but I read this. Thought it was good. The, the father of sin is the devil. The mother of sin is lust. And when they get together and conceive, what takes place is uh, once sin is birthed, it has a life of its own. Well, you can't control it, right? And so society is labeled sin a sickness. Why? Because it takes the responsibility off of us. Right? Everything's a sickness, right? You don't say guys are drunk anymore. You say, well, he's an alcoholic. That's sickness. Right? You don't say somebody's a drug addict. You say, well, they're, they're, they're a, a, an abuser and it's a sickness. Right? Everything's a sickness. Well, let me say this. God does not condemn man to death because of sickness but because of sin. And so when we take that responsibility from sin and put it on something like sickness and we'll say, well, it's not your fault, yes, right? We take the responsibility off of us. Right. And so Satan plants the temptation, but our flesh provides the lust. Satan's saying, here it is. We go, oh, right? And what Satan does, everything that God puts in us that is, that is beautiful and pure, Satan has a counterfeit, Right? You look at all this pornography stuff. God says, well, in the, in the confines of marriage, this is beautiful. This is what it is. And the world perverts it and says, no, just do whatever you want to, right? That's, that's, that's the, the difference. And so Satan puts temptation out there. The flesh has, a, uh, has that enticement, that lust. And so it says, well, I'm going to draw. Well, guess what? If I'm over here, if I'm, if I'm where I'm supposed to be with God, it's not that I'm not tempted, Right? But that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And when you're, the Bible said, when you're drawn away by your own lust, then you're enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So God does not condemn us for a sickness, but he does for sin. So once a man's will submits, sin is born. See, temptation, the temptation is not the sin. The submission to the enticement is the sin. So there is, here's how it happens. There's a suggestion. And let's be honest. Satan has all kinds of avenues for that now. I mean, everything you watch on, on, uh, on TV, everything that you watch on your computer, everything you hear has that suggestion of sin in it, right? And so then the suggestion breeds a participation. It's like you, you keep bombarding the, 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 the mind with that. At some point in time, that enticement grows and you get drawn away from God and you get drawn to the enticement and then there's a participation. That's good. 
Well, then after the participation, there's a, there is a, uh, there is a, uh, uh, a rationalization. Well, I just can't help it. That's how God made me. That's, that's, that's how I was born, right? No, we start rationalizing it, right? Then after the, there's a rationalization, there's a glorification. Well, if you can't beat them, join them, right? We're not go, we don't want anybody to feel bad, so we're not going to say anything's wrong, and we're going to make much of it. And if you don't make much of it, then you're, you're, you're wrong for that. Getting quieter. So sin now grows and develops. When sin matures, it matures into sinfulness or sinful behavior. So there's a difference between a sin and a sinful behavior, right? Sin is committing the act. The sinful behavior is continuing the sinful act and even making it a normal part of your life or a normal part of your thinking. It, it becomes who you are. And, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the act is right. I'm saying if, if we don't stop the act, it becomes a behavior. Right? Your child lies and you say, well, they're just a kid. Well, if you don't correct that lie, it becomes a behavior. Right? If, if they get away with it one time, like, well, it's, this thing works, so why not? So when sin matures, it matures into sinfulness, sinful behavior, and that kills morality. So it is a destroyer of the human race. We have no morality. Right? Anything goes. Just do it. Do what feels good. Who are you to judge me? Right? And so now we, we're in a world that has very little morality because we don't want to embrace the Word of God. And so we do what's right in our own eyes. And then number two, the subtlety of temptation is described in verse 16. The Bible said, do not err, my beloved brethren. So, so what is the subtlety of it? Well, first of all, there's deception. It starts attractive, right? Do you think, does anybody think that whether you put cheese or peanut butter or whatever you put on a mouse trap, do you think if that mouse knew that there was going to be a metal object that broke his neck, he would be so attracted to the peanut butter that he'd say, well, I don't care if I die, the peanut butter's worth it. Probably not, right? It's the deception of let's hide the let's hide the the the, the thing that's going to kill you, right? And let's make much of the thing that's attractive. Well, that's what the devil does, right? I mean, I mean, again, very few people I would say that if they knew that that affair was going to destroy their marriage and destroy their life and have their kids not speak to them and cost them thousands of dollars and, and, and detract from their relationship with God, I doubt they go through with it, right? But there's something about Satan hides the consequence of sin and makes more of the attraction of it, the pleasure of it for a season than the consequences for a long term. So it starts as attractive and it seems harmless. Now let me say this. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. 
you men, you go to your job, and you have problems at home, and you and honey not get along too good, and you go home talking about how, about how bad your marriage is, and there certainly will be, Satan will plant somebody in there, some young lady that hears that and has a receptive ear and say something like, well, I can't believe she'd do that to you as sweet as you are. Satan will stroke your ego and use her to do it. Next thing you know, ladies, same thing with you, right? There's always that deception. It's always that innocent. Well, we're just, we're, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something, ladies. Young ladies, girls. Well, he and I are just friends. We have a purely plutonic relationship. You may think that, but that ain't on his mind. Oh, you just don't know. Preacher, you just don't know what you're talking about. There's this guy at work, and he's married, and we just we just have a, a, a conversation at work, and he's a nice guy. You think that. I know you're... You, harmless till it's not right oh we just talk on the internet and we you know went to school together and we are harmless right oh yeah my, well my kids they have social media but but everybody's got so they got snapchat they just like it for the filters preacher Can I get real with you for a minute? Are you that dumb? They like it because they can write stuff and it disappears. That's why they like it. And it and you're telling me the only reason they got Snapchat so they can have a, 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 a cat face on their picture. You know where a lot of these predators are? Yeah. Oh, but I monitor it. Brother Paul, can it all be monitored? I'm trying to help you, parents. But, but you don't know, I trust my daughter. I trust. Let me help you something. When you were a teenager, what would you do? Well, they're made out of the same stuff you are. Right? And then when, when your daughter is in New Mexico with some... 40-year-old man she met online. You say, I don't know how it happened. Maybe go back and check the Snapchat. No, I must not be. It's harmless. It's just an app. It's just a game. It's just a phone. It's just a... It's the way he always does. Eve, this fruit's harmless. God just knows that when you eat it, you're going to be like him, and he's withholding some stuff from you. So the deception, then it moves into digression. In other words, it moves from an act of sin, it moves to the behavior of sin. Then it moves to the destruction of sin. It kills and it destroys. Sin destroys. So here's, here's what he says in verse 16. He says, you got to make a decision. 
do not err, my beloved brethren. Here, there's your decision. You've got to have the right perspective. You've got to have the right mindset. Don't live in error. Don't have, don't have any. In other words, be wise. Amen. Satan's not your friend. Satan's doing all he can to, to take young people and moms and dads and memos and papaws and everybody he can. If he can't doom your soul to hell, he will destroy your life while you're here. So James has given us in this first chapter, he said, listen, in a little bit I'm going to tell you how to live your faith. But before you do that, you better, you better understand the, the weaponry of the devil. Right? Well, preacher, are you saying trials? No, sometimes God allows trials in our life. But the devil will tell you, well, God doesn't love you. He wouldn't let that stuff go on in your life. He wouldn't let, he wouldn't let that happen if he loved you. Well, maybe you're right, right? Same thing with temptation. The devil say, listen, God's tempting you. He's putting that in front of you to see if you're strong, as strong Christian as you say. Well, that's not what the Bible said. That's right. Amen. Right? Yes, Bible said resist the devil. Yeah. Right? That's right? Get away. That's right. Amen. Joseph, what'd he do? He ran. He didn't say, listen, I'm going to prove everybody how good, how much I love God. I'm going to stay right in here with Potiphar's wife, and I'm going to show them how strong a man I am. Right? Listen to me. You stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the devil, he'll punch you right in your face. He'll beat you every time. Greater is he that's in me. He didn't say greater am I than he. Greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. He'll punch you right in your face. Not me. I'm too strong Christian. Let me tell you something. There's been stronger men than you that's fallen, yes, stronger women than yes, you, stronger men than me that's fallen, that's right? You better stay humbly on your face before God or you know what? You'll be a statistic. Yes, sir. You will be, a, you will be a, a story in the wake of Satan's destruction. Amen. Amen. But some people walk out and not me, won't happen to me. That's not, nobody's ever said that before. Nope, won't happen to me. I'm, I'm, too, I'm too close to Jesus, right? I love the Lord too. I love my wife too much. I'd never do that to her. Wasn't for the grace of God you would. Right? Listen, preacher's no different, Brother Jimmy. I've, I've heard them. Yeah, some, one of these men will fall in sin. That'll never happen to me, bless God. I'll tell you right now, bless God. I'll tell you what, not bless God. And Satan saying, you're next. You're next. Temptation of the Christian life. You, you're going to have some temptation, but God didn't do it. A lot of the temptation because we don't, we don't want to hear what God has to say in his word to start with. So we say, okay, I'm going to do it my way. Then we fall to temptation we say, oh, I can't believe God let that happen to me. Satan say, yep, that's right. That heavenly father that loves you so much, if he, let, he wouldn't let that happen to you if he loved you like he says he does. Well, oh, that's right. It's not my fault. It's God's fault. Not my fault. It's church's fault. It's not my fault. It's mom and daddy's fault. Not my fault. It's my husband's fault. Not my fault. It's my wife's fault, right? 
No. Till you're ready to look at the mirror and say, I'm my biggest problem. You're in danger. I'm in danger. In danger. Let's get around the altar and pray tonight. Hope the message was a help to you. Let's pray for.